This is the JJO Morning Show Podcast with Johnny and D. Listen, rate, subscribe. Why do you like this morning? Uh, a special treat, everybody. A-Rod Jones by way of Seattle is uh, here center stage. Hey, A-Rod. What's up? What's going on? It is so good to see you. It's good to be here, man. It is so good to meet you in the flesh. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. And A-Rod did the... Oh, sorry. Sorry, let me cross my legs. I'm like, why are you presenting right now? <laughs> so I'm here. I'm here relax. I'm in the North Woods, lady. I'm in the Adirondack chair. Give me a break. You're so judgy. I'm not judgy. I'm just trying to help not repeat the Maria Brink incident. Oh, with the toenails. Uh, I'm glad we didn't have to do the walk of shame in a snowstorm last night. For real. From Snouts or everybody's or wherever you were. Yeah. It was, it was perfectly fine last night. It was nice rolling in today, and it looks like it's going to keep snowing here for a little bit. What are we getting? I don't know. This is so Two cool. tree? This is so cool. I mean, you got to be anywhere, Aaron. Oh, you got to go to Nashville. Yeah, i got to be in Nashville later on. I don't even really have to be there. It's just preferred, you know. What are you going to be doing down there? Oh, i got to work on some stuff yeah. on your record. It's going to get times. So, like, recording? Yeah. Very cool. Everybody's in Nashville. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's a new yeah. thing. My friend calls it uh, Wakanda for white girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no lies detected, for sure, yeah. That's really amazing. Broad- Broadway uh, at, uh, at 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah. At time. you see what. I will never forget uh, the bachelorette party. Do you remember that? And there was like a football game or something happening. On the tractor? And she was so mad that there were people ruining her bachelorette party. And she was on the news holding a penis cup <laughs> and she was like ah it's supposed to be my weekend and i was like wow that is very bold of you to have all of nashville for your day on it with your penis <laughs> cup. good for you yeah. get it girl girl guess who i was with last night hey, girl <laughs> i love it so do you you do you go in already having everything written or are you no. waiting for input yeah no, we, we, you know, I usually get with my producers and we figure out, you know, just ideas and stuff to throw around and see what we got. Sometimes I'll come forward with an idea. Sometimes I'll come with an idea. But we just kind of jam on that, man, and, you know, hopefully make some magic. You know. Where do you find inspiration from? Oh, my chaotic and amazing and adventurous life, <laughs> you know, like, or the lives of others even. But, like, but mostly, like, you know, um, just because like my, my background, where I came from was nothing, you know, I, I came in up in poverty and now I'm like above the wealth, <laughs> you know, the wealth gap. You right. Know? So um, I've seen some stuff, you know, so I, I get to talk about it and I get to talk about what it means to to come through that and uh, what it means to this newfound fame of mine and how to deal with that and all the things that come with that too, you know, so. So you know about government cheese then like I do. <laughs> I very much do. I know about government cheese and more. Yep. And the sure. powdered milk. That was your air name for the first three years of your career, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, government cheese. Government. And then we decided that wasn't really great. Government cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I want, later, I'd like to get into your earlier career in Seattle with Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, yeah, man. I yeah. love that. I mean, I, you know, growing up with him, it's just cool to see the other side of, of what he's done for people yeah that you don't that we never bear you know we're just jamming mac daddy and you know oh rolling the windows down you know yeah. i just love that there's another side to it it's oh, super cool he's um probably i think to me he's probably one of the most eclectic individuals i know uh and, and hyper intelligent i don't know if people realize that either how smart that dude is because he's like really known for being this like 90s rapper you know but, right 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 uh but he's he's a very eclectic dude he always keeps his hand um in the scene 
uh, and is always doing what he can to see to help the next person come up. And you know, he laid the groundwork for me to eventually get signed by my first major label. But he was the one who taught me how to make records. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So instant respect. I mean, did he just literally see you out somewhere, or, or, or were you chasing him around? No, I was out. That would be the, weird uh, if you were chasing through mix a lot around. Yeah. Well, was, <laughs> he's used to it. I mean, you know. I was, uh, I'm like chasing him down Broadway. He's like, my boss is on Broadway. I'm like, come back, Mix. Wait, it's me, Aaron. Remember? I tweeted you. Remember that one time I said hello? That one time at the thing? No, uh, but yeah, um, you know, he taught me how to, how to make, make records. He taught me how to, how to like what it meant to be an artist and a musician. And, and, uh, cause when I first met him, I, we were at a bar, actually. That's how we, that's how we met. I was, uh, at this place called The Rat and the Raven in Seattle, which is this dive bar in the U District. And, uh, we were doing, in some competition, it was like some battle of the bands, but it was really like a promo thing rather than like a real battle of the bands. Like right. the, the, the grand prize was you get to go play on the side stage at this big festival for this big band somewhere. But like, it was really just to like, bring bring more promotion for the company or whatever corporation it was and like uh, a showcase kind of yeah thing. it was yeah. kind of like that but you but it was like a worldwide thing and you had to get a bunch of votes to see if you could make it to the, to the next round and it was it was fun um but what it got me to do was like play a bunch of gigs in town at one time and in, in, in like a week's time span and uh it somehow got back to mix a lot so he walks into this this uh my gig here's me playing he goes yeah i want to produce this record for you you know so uh but I, you're like what record yeah i'm like cool <laughs> dog sounds dope and then, <laughs> and then I, and then I get there and I have no idea how to make a record. You know, <laughs> there it is. No idea what I'm doing. And and, uh, and uh, he's never really produced rock like that. He's, he's done some rock stuff, but he's never really produced rock like that. And like, yeah. so it, it, you know, it was kind of a learning experience for both of us, but more so me because I was like learning how to put together a record for the first time, you know. And so he um, he was the first person to give me an opportunity at that. And, and that record like really was what set me off. I mean, you know, in Northwest that blew up and it garnered a bunch of attention in the region. Um, and then it set me on this path to, to eventually lead to here. But, you know, that was my first indie record. And my second one was produced by Barrett Martin, who, uh, who further laid the groundwork. And that kind of further set me on my path. And then finally in 2020, I got signed by my first major record. So, so cool. Yeah. Do you feel like you're going to move into that mentor role? You know, I, I feel like um, Seattle artists are, are typically like that. You know, um, yeah. when you get around people like Duff McKagan or you get around Mike McCready or is it Stone Gossard or, who, you know, what have you. It's like those cats are all always trying to help out bands from Seattle come up. And, sure. and that's kind of the community in Seattle. It's not it's not this like cutthroat thing you see in L.A. or like some of these other really big LA. music scenes or Nashville where it's like people are really trying to compete you know, for these spots, um, in Seattle, it's like Lifting. people, people are really trying to lift you up. You yeah. Know, they're trying to, they're trying to give you the skills necessary to, to make it. And so I'm always doing that. I mean, Seattle's such a small place really. I mean, people don't realize how little the city is, but it's like 600,000 people, 700,000 people or something like that, you know? And so it's not like a huge town. Um, and our, our music scene, um, is great, but it's really independent. There's no, there's no like big corporations coming into Seattle to pick up bands like it was in the nineties, right. you know? Uh, although it echoes that. So you see these bands playing like there is, you know, like these guys are really coming up and they're getting talented and like all the skills, like there's the, someone's going to come swoop out of Seattle and take them on this crazy world. We're bringing adventure. it back. Dude. Yeah, we're bringing back grunge, you know? Uh, so it's, it is a gift and a curse for, for a lot of Seattle artists because they, they, they're inspired by the grunge stories, but then, you know, it's not that era. Like these, these corporations aren't coming to pick you up. So you get really good at, at guitar, really good at your skill. And then you got to take that elsewhere to get big, you know, for sure. Is the audience reactive out there and, 
still like thirsty for live music? Oh, super. I mean, they're very, yeah. very reactive and, and, they're, and they're cutthroat too. They'll let you know if they don't like you. Like you I see, that was no joke. <laughs> I was at a, where was I at, man? I was, uh, I saw Royal Blood. Um, oh my God, I love yeah. them so much. Oh, I was just texting with Mike the other day, man. That's my buddy. But uh, I was at Royal Blood. Um, I was watching their show at the Showbox in Seattle and some band, you know, listen, if you're ever like in like a band, this goes for anybody. Uh, and you're dressing like Kurt Cobain with the blonde hair, and you come through our town wearing flannel, don't. <laughs> Just don't. Oh, cringy. So they, oh, they were from Ohio, and they, <laughs> see, they were not happy. We were like, don't do that. Don't come to our town dressed like our guy, you know? Let me help you. Yeah, let us let you know. And they like they pretty much booed these guys off the stage, and I was like, sorry, fellas. And then they weren't like a terrible band, but like, it was just... You can't. You don't come into Seattle looking like the dude and then sounding like. Yeah, well, you, you can if you get off a cruise ship. Right. <laughs> you can have your flannel on. Otherwise, get the hell out of here. Right, Maybe right. a chilly uh, disembarkation. No flannel in Seattle no, ever. No, no. flannel. <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, that's the look, though. I mean, flannel is definitely I feel, the look. I feel this is payback for killing the '80s big hair. <laughs> Thank you, A Rod. Yeah, that's right. Bring but it back. Validation, man. That's why the month's coming back. No flannel, dude. I, I, you know what the best song is? It never got played on the radio, and I knew because one of my roommates, uh, he was the biggest mix fan ever, uh, Snuff. On the back of his Nissan, he had Chief Bootknocker uh, uh, stenciled on the back of his uh, Ultima. That's amazing. It rained pussy for that dude. dude it did. It, he, it said he had Pootermobile on the back, and it said Chief Bootyknocker. Chief uh, Bootyknocker. Chief Bootyknocker. Love it. On the back. But, dude, best song never got on played on the radio. Say, say it, A-Ron. You know what it is? What's that? Seattle ain't bullshit. Oh yeah, Seattle that is ain't the bullshit. one of the greatest that, songs. I that song is dope. Bro. I, yeah. I I can't tell you how great that record is. Oh, dude. that whole record was great. I mean, you know, people people I don't think know people because it was a long time ago, but yeah. that, that was a that was his first like number one record. That wasn't yeah, number yeah. one. It wasn't like he had a number one single. He yeah. did have a number one single, but he was a number one record at one point. He was the biggest rapper in the world, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that song, <laughs> if you know about that song, which is great, you know about that song. It's like a real Seattle song too. That and Swass. Totally. I mean, he he ticks off. Every street name and oh, corner yeah. in Seattle. That's the truth, man. Yeah. And, and if you're from Seattle, like, that's my time. What? <laughs> oh, Snuff. I, I only know this because Snuff, I just, uh, by proxy, I memorized every word from that, you know, Louis, Swap Meat and all. You, you, you learned it. Right. You, just, you had to. It was just like by osmosis, you were sleeping and he's playing it. And you're like, Allison, I know all the words of this song. It's so weird. It's amazing. He was managing a Taco Bell and it was just mix all day, all night. It was yeah, just excellent. That's so great. It's so cool. That's so cool. So when I saw, yeah, you and uh, Mix were together, I just got it. Made, long time, made long my time heart friend. warm. Yeah, he's a long, long time friend and big brother of mine, man. Yeah, I love like, it. He really, I, we still stay in contact, especially like, you know, when I got signed. I mean, management, when I got signed to management and, and, and label and all that, like, um, I was the first person I called. I sent him I sent him the deal, look at it, and he was mm -hmm. like, yeah, this looks good, man. It's like, you know, it, it's the best you're going to get in the modern era, you know? So you're on, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you're, what's your label now? Uh, it's uh, Big Machine, John Barbados Records. Yeah. yeah, so that's mostly country. It is mostly country. I'm on the, the, the rock division of the of this big country. Who's on, who else is on? That's like Tim McGraw stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Tim McGraw's on there. Um, eh. I, I don't know too much eh. about the, eh. the countryside, but, like, Thomas Rhett, I believe, is on there as well. Yeah, I like Thomas um, Rhett. Uh, what's your name? The, the girl, She was just nominated for, like, country... Female country artist of the year, or something like that. What's your name? Uh, I don't pay attention to country. <laughs> like <laughs> we have, we have a quite quite a few country no, artists. Uh, Rascal Flats, you know, and like yeah, Florida yeah. Line, all those guys. And those, those are all. Those are all. And it is, and, and it's, it is also famous for having signed Taylor Swift as well. So right, right. Yeah. That, that I whole love Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. now she you joins the Tay -Tay. Love her. Oh. Oh, snap. I'm a Swifty. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, Biatch knows that Florida Georgia Line broke up. 
What? <laughs> Who now? Was it what? What uh, is this? Are we done talking? What? I don't speak Walmart, dude. No, I was. I was. <laughs> you are the people of Walmart. Shut up. <laughs> no, when Christy told me you were on Big Machine, I was actually surprised because yeah. I, I, I just know through, you know, she's our music director on the countryside. But but uh, when I go to Nashville, we go to the Big Machine parties and it's all country focused. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's how I mean, that's how. <laughs> and then I saw you running. I'm like, whoa, that's out of Dude. left field, isn't it? A little bit? Yeah, it is. Because you know, if, if, if you think it's out of left field, you know, just like hearing about it, imagine me being invited to the, the, the country music after uh, party for the, the 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 annual Big Machine uh, photo. Right. And uh, everybody's oh all God. dressed up. I just came out the studio, right? I got ripped jeans. I was kind of nervous. I was like, one of these things is not dude, like the other. I smoked a J and I walked in there. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, what is this? I'm like wearing leather and ripped jeans. Everybody's all dressed to the nine. Somebody won an award that night. And I'm just like, oh, damn it. It's one of those. It's like, oh. And then in the big machine picture, everybody's like smiling. And I'm just like this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm here without consent. Blank face. The only black dude there, too. So it's like, that was great. <laughs> tell, like, oh, tell. it's me, the rock guy on the yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Bad Flowers on there too. That we just, oh, yeah. I love they just, that. They just, yeah, signed, yeah. they just signed the Struts as oh, well. That's so. cool. Yeah, who's it? Struts? The Struts. Yeah, I don't think I know the Struts. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Struts opened up for I want to say Metallica. Oh, okay. Maybe I just remember Jim Brewer trying to open up for three hours Stop. in front of Metallica. He was fed to the wolves. Oh, it was not fair. We, we will not speak of Jim no, Brewer at the Gold Center. I saw Jim Brewer uh, on a clip on Howard Stern, and he goes, he goes, don't bring up the Madison show. I'll talk about anything, <laughs> well, but don't bring up How Madison. awful. Like, you have, you're supposed to have a 20-minute set. So he probably show. had 25, 30 minutes of material just right, in right, case. Right, and right. he was out there alone for two hours Damn. just trying anything, <laughs> anything. I, I would have tucked tail and ran. Oh, totally. I would have been like, Sue, <laughs> I don't want to be friends with Metallica anymore anyway. <laughs> All I got was this crappy T-shirt. The whole time I was like, I feel so bad for you, dude. I'm with you. Yeah, I, was so at, uh, I saw Metallica in France at Hellfest, and uh, their bass had cut out for their whole entire set. Uh-oh. They were super pro about it, though. It was great. Oh, yeah. yeah dude. It was great. But, like, it was unfortunate. Their whole their bass would get cut out. Rapture, he was like, it's fine. I'm just going to go take a lunch break anyway. <laughs> Whatever. He's all, he's all taking a smoke on the side. Right. You guys got this. <laughs> I don't even know why I showed up to work today. <laughs> Dumbing down your smartphone. One podcast at a time. Listen, rate, and subscribe to the JJO Morning Show Podcast. Get up with Johnny and D. JJO. Oh, yeah. We're at the Limey Lodge. Johnny and the Biatch and uh, Aaron Jones. Of course, I'm, I'm making a lap around the room, meet some of the people that came up with us on the big bus. Hello, folks. Hello, John. Where are you guys? Introduce yourselves. Where are you guys from? I'm David. I'm from Hartford. I'm Kelly. I'm also from Hartford. That makes sense. You're married. This is awesome. And uh, bonus points for the Journey shirt. You made the chick the chick. Thank you very much. Story behind that. My dad got tickets for free from work and didn't invite me, but he got me a shirt. Love. See, dads and daughters, dude. It would be better if you went to the show. Although, that's an old school. Let me see. Yeah, that's an old school, uh, one of their old school uh, logos. That's awesome. Dad's got good taste. All right, you guys, I want you to introduce Aaron Jones. Well, we're here live at the Lion Lodge with Aaron Jones. Hi.
You won't see my eyes, no I write it down on paper And I let my fingers glide Well, I'm tired of people Pretending to know Who I am, where I'm from And where I'm bound to go And I'm tired of trying And aiming to please so I'm gonna play my music And bring these people to their knees You know I've been baptized In muddy water, baby I have been baptized In muddy water, baby Time we'll all listen up to what one another has to say and open our eyes to these brand new kind of ways. Well, it's time for evolution in evolution, We're making love now off. We, we learn from our past mistakes and not do mistakes been done before. You know, I've been baptized. In muddy water, baby I have been baptized In those muddy waters, baby My soul's on fire Feel me as I burn hotter That's what happens to a man Who has been baptized In those funny waters, baby In those muddy waters, baby Those money waters, baby. Those money waters, baby. 
Y'all feel good? Felt real Everybody's good. like, yeah, we're good, man. It's, we were out drinking with you. You know how good. we feel. <laughs> uh, do you ever have a day that you don't pick up your guitar? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, I was just talking to uh, Adrock over here, man. Like every day, I, I go home and uh, I play so much, and I'm on the road so much. Like every single day, is like guitar, 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 studio, guitar, guitar, guitar. I just need a break, you know. So I go home and I put my guitar down. And I think there are days, you know, I, I'll go like alternate days, pick the guitar up and noodle around a little bit just to keep my hands fresh and ideas flowing. But yeah. I try to take a break when I can because it, it, it's like. Um, it's like you um, you really don't know what you got until you like leave it for a minute, you know. Right. And you get some separation from, it, and then you come back, and it, and it's like it's like fresh and new to you, you know. So I try to put it down every now and again. It's like when you take a break from telling your mom jokes. I thought it was like when I took a break from my first two marriages. <laughs> like sometimes you got to just walk away. It's seven thirty in the morning. Just <laughs> so you got to walk away and not come back. Not to ruin your point. I no, feel you. Hey, you just added to my point. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. That, that, what the hell do you call that speed break at the end of that song? That was incredible. Meth. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I'll have that. I'll have, have a glass of that. No, I. Uh, uh, that's like a shuffle, man. You know, it's, it's more of like a shuffle thing. Like that's like a really you know, Jimmy Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, kind of it, thing, it, you know? it, it, it's a brave thing to do in a song like that. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. to. Open up and jam that. That's that was you know, incredible. You gotta, you gotta, it's, you gotta total line. It's gonna yeah. be genius, or you're gonna look stupid. You know, so you gotta. <laughs> it's one or the other. You well, you kind of gotta own it. Yeah, you yeah. can't kind of try. No, it. you gotta, you gotta go all in on your that balls job. deep. Yes, on that. absolutely. You gotta That's go right. in. <laughs> you gotta go in. You can't like, oh, maybe I don't know. Just the tip. It's seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> Girl, do you know who I was with last night? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> so, so I have a dumb question. So being a guitarist, and I yeah. think of great guitarists. When I think of great guitarists. I think of really super long songs. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, uh, whatever, uh, like the Zeppelins, whatever, um, with guitar breaks and stuff. How do, you ever feel like you you got to cut yourself off for a song, or you could just keep going and just and keep reinventing the song with more guitar? Well, yeah, you can. I mean, there's definitely times for that, but you know, what's your longest song? That my you, longest song that I play. Yeah. Oh man, I'll probably take your time. Is my longest song live uh, because it just like it has a lot of room to open up. You know, and just keep going and going and going. But, you know, I, I actually had to teach myself how not to be that way over time. Because, yeah. I mean, I was like, I, we talked about that Mix-A-Lot thing. Mix-A-Lot was the person that taught me the difference between being a jammer and actually writing music, you know. And so uh, learning how to write, put guitar solos together and, like, like sections and songs together that aren't going to bore people. For me as a guitar player, I can right. listen all day. I listen to, you know, Steve Vai go off all day on an instrumental track, right, you know. Right. But he's, that's not going to make it on, on, you know, the top right. 40 of active rock, though, you know. And <laughs> you then know? when you're opening for the Stones, you get, you got a very, you've got a, you've got an exact time. That you, yeah, you get yeah. Well, I mean, that's, a lot of people was like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, recently I just, <laughs> we opened for uh they're pretty wrecked this recently, and uh, they were like trying to egg us on a little bit. I was talking backstage with the cats, you know, and like Taylor's back there, and they're like, oh man, we don't care about times, man. You guys go as long as you want, man. Who cares, you know? Basically, I was, I was like, are you sure? They're like, of course, yeah. man. No pressure here, bro, you know? And then. And I went out there, and I'm like, we're like 10 minutes over our set time. They turned the house lights on. <laughs> and I thought, I was, I was playing the national anthem. I thought they were just going along with me, and I was, I'm like ripping, and I'm like, me, 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 yeah, you know? House lights are on. They were trying to get me off the stage, you know? Right, I, right, I was right. so amped. <laughs> Dude, like, I cut off the next day. The next day, my, my TM comes up to me. He's like, dude, you know, 
we got to keep the set list like sharp. Dude, he's making us look bad. Get right. him off. The band may have said this, <laughs> but the like stage the manager sharp, would like right. you off yes. at 9.30. And they didn't, they didn't, it, it wasn't like a big deal or anything, but they just kind of were like, yo, that thing we said yesterday, maybe don't do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't totally, mean that long. Yeah, but I love those guys. They were great to wait. Yeah, great. totally. Yeah. They played Sonic Boom for us, and they're very sweet. Yes. Um, Incubus is a band that mm-hmm. can write a hit that mm-hmm. charts, and then when you go see them live, open up that jam section. But there is something to be said about knowing when you need to end it. Yeah. Like, I wrap mean, that because I'm just going to go get a beer otherwise. Absolutely. I mean, those like, knowing how to put like an eight-bar solo together is like it's like really important to your songwriting skills because anybody can jam. You can sit there and go forever and ever on a guitar solo. That's what Jimmy used to do back in the day. You know, he used to play his songs. He would just jam and jam and jam and jam. People loved it, you know. Uh, and this ADD era we live in, it's just there's no not a lot of room for that right. as, as much anymore, you know. Well, and it was so new when Jimmy was doing yeah. it, you yeah. know. Yeah. So it was like. And it feels new again, though, to be yeah, honest with you. Nice. Bringing it back. Come on, you guys. Uh, let's hang out. Uh, no, it is nice. It's nice to have some gritty, uh, no, I, raw dude, you know what? music yeah. coming out. You know us. what I feel like right now with us, anyways? You and I, not not you and I personally. That would be weird. Can you close, close your legs? I'm sorry. <laughs> dude, I'm very, I get very comfortable at the Lining Lodge. I'm going to be taking a nap up here in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Uh, no, music to me starts feeling like, uh, uh, sometimes it gets too polished, yeah. you know, like, yes. an ele- like an electric car that you can't hear the engine, you know what I'm right. saying? Sometimes you just want to hear the hissing and the pissing and the, yeah. and the moans and groans, man. Absolutely, man. You Absolutely. know, that's, that's what I like to, f- to feel the whole thing with you. Oh yeah, man. You know, you. it's yeah. dirty, man. It's, it has to be. It's yeah. gotta, you know, if, yeah. if I did that, I would get kicked out of the grunge scene if I was like, clean. <laughs> like, what are you right. doing? They Just... punish you by making you wear flannel. That's on not stage. Seattle, bro. <laughs> they kick me out. Right. Flannel for days. That's yeah. it. You're out, you're out of the grunge scene here in Seattle. bro. <laughs> no more for you. <laughs> but uh, Chevelle's that way. Like their records will be polished, but then live, they're live. so raw. They're really great live. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's kind of like you know that was the key for me finding out success in, in in records was learning how to put together a great record and still maintaining that live thing that I had grown up doing. You know, because yeah, I came from. You know, a scene where just to make money, you know, I, I quit my job. I haven't worked a day job now, a regular job in like 13 years or something crazy, you know. So I, I quit my job and I had to live and die off of my live music. So finding out like little like cafes, bar gigs, you know, like these little, you know, three hour gigs where they have like a three, let me come in with a three piece band and jam. You know, those are the things that kept me going and got me paid, you know. And so um, I, I I got my live show really up. You know, I, I went for a bunch of different acts because I was a really great live act, but I, I still wanted more. And so my, my journey from learning how to put records together is what like really allowed me to be where I'm at today. It was like learning how to put together a polished record and then open it up live and just turn it up and, and being myself, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And, and you, we need it in rock. So do you, do you see yourself uh, like showing up uh, as a, uh, I was thinking of, well, I was thinking of like, like somebody like Billy Preston that would show up. You know Billy Preston? I don't know Billy Preston, but I know Billy Preston. Bill S. Preston Esquire, yeah. he's, Wild Stallions. He's dead. Jim. I... <laughs> you don't know Billy Preston? He was, the only, he was the only one that got a credit on a Beatles record, for Christ's sake. Oh, for Christ's sake. Come back, Biatch, come back. I don't like talking about the Beatles. How many times do we have to go through this? <laughs> but they, Billy yes, Preston was a guy, and I just wonder if you see yourself as like down the road, especially in Nashville when people 
uh, you know, come up writing songs for other people. Are you yeah. getting Are you getting attention that way as far as like uh, coming in and jamming or helping write and stuff like that? No, not not at the moment. You know, I, I um, it's really been more focused on my own stuff. But I do, you know, I, back home because of the skills I've learned and, and songwriting over time. Like I, I do like to come back to the scene and like I see young, young up and coming artists. They come to my house all the time. And we sit and we just I teach them how to write music. You know, and that's right. like my big that's con- cool. contribution to my scene and like helping people come along in the songwriting world. I um, I do see myself eventually like once i get kind of tired of, of, of touring and doing all that like I, I i wholeheartedly believe that everybody has to have a sunset you know like i um i opened for bb king back in uh, 2014 and it was one of the bitter most bittersweet moments of my life because I, here i was open for you know one of my heroes as, as a blues artist you know and, and uh but um he was he was not in good health man his mind wasn't there he kind of kept saying the same stuff oh, over and over sad. again he couldn't play guitar really well and it was like sad you know and it's yeah. like i don't i don't know if i ever want to be like that you it's know? like the dude from bad brains too. yeah yeah, I don't. I don't ever want to be like that. I don't ever want to be like going so hard that like it's like you can't tell what I'm doing anymore. You know. So once I get to the point where I'm like kind of done touring and doing all of the bigger stuff, I'll probably kind of focus more on writing songs for the people. You know? Dude, tell that's a Gordon freaking Lightfoot. <laughs> I will. I'll tweet him. I know. Or, or the Stones, man. Tell Gordon Stones. follows her. It's, Gordon Lightfoot followed me on Twitter, and it was the best day of my it's, life. It's, it's kinda, Next to when Ice T retweeted me, I was like, oh my god, I peaked. Ice-T. It was your most metal moment when Gordon Lightfoot started following I came into work. I was like, dude, you won't believe this. Gordon Lightfoot followed me on Twitter. But he's since unfollowed me. I was like, what did I do, Gordon? That's because we were bitching. <laughs> you were too hyped. <laughs> Not cool anymore. We, we Wait, I, I, have a, I have a theory with Gordon Lightfoot that you ought to be able to go in and negotiate your rate for a ticket. I say I'm going to give you $18 to play a record of the Edmund Fitzgerald, and I'm out. But I'm and not the overture's you- like... It's $90. You have to be there the whole time. I'm not giving you 90 I'll give you 18 for that song, and I'm out. I emailed Sherry from the Overture. I was like, what do you feel about this? She's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, rejected on all fronts, dude. It's better to get 18 than nothing. You can learn a lot listening to podcasts. And only three countries in the world don't use the metric system. Or you can listen to this one. I can't remember where I went Friday. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What did I do on Friday? I got to check my calendar. If anybody saw me Friday, call The JJO Morning Show Podcast. I literally have no idea where I was Friday. Johnny and D, nowhere but JJO. You at the Liney Lodge, Johnny and Biatch and company. Liney Lodge, God, we were trying to think how many times we've been up here. 10, 11, 12, 2, 3? Um, I'd have to look. Let me look it up. I, I want to say since 2013. I know it's the only second one that we've come to. It's been snowing. Yeah. And the leaves, oh, my God. Madison, enjoy your uh, leaf time right now. It's prime because it's, it's happening. It's, dude. Yeah, it's kind of dead up here. We missed it, but now you wouldn't know anyways because everything's covered in snow. It's perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. This is awesome. We've got Aaron Jones with us, who was uh, just so sweet of him to fly in here from Seattle to play this, dude. We really so appreciate this. Oh, thank you guys for having me. This of is course, so cool. Good yeah, day. yeah. Thanks, you guys. Really, really cool. Uh, let's get another one from Aaron Jones here at the Lanny Lodge.
man ladies and gentlemen give it up give it up one more time keep it going keep it going for this beautiful man keep it going keep it going thank you 
And I, I, that sounded suspicious. He's like, oh, my D. <laughs> Who is that about? Oh, man. <laughs> my ex-wife! <laughs> that bitch! She was so mean to me. She's all right. Yeah. <laughs> nah, she's not that bad. <laughs> now, uh, are you familiar with Rick Springfield? I'm going to tell you a quick story. No, tell me a story. Yeah. You know Rick Springfield? No. Jesse is a friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goofy soap opera guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying uh, Jesse's girl. Uh, do you know uh, what he, uh, what he, who, who, who it was before Jesse? Who was that? D. Gary's girl. Oh. Have you ever seen the recording <laughs> totally of Gary's girl? Changes it's true. the dynamic of doesn't that song, really, doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't really play as well. You there, know, like, they had a Gary's girl. Thank you. And I think it's a loud song. My buddy bought the web domain, domain Gary's girl and posted my picture on there. Let me see if he still has it. So dumb. Why are we like this? I don't know why the Gary's girl thing just tickled me. And, I, and it was Randy, then it was Randy's girl, and then it ended up being Jesse's, Jesse's girl. girl. Clearly, he needed a E name, right? <laughs> Emily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's what a great song, man. It's a better, it's a better vowel sound. You know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, You're supposed I've... to name your dog like that, too, so you can call him real good when he's lost. It's supposed to be an E name. Bailey, Chewy. Did you know that? Yeah, I did not know that. Doggy. Oh, right. <laughs> it works. Perfect. Uh, who is that about? Uh, actually, it's about my daughter, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, the song, you know, I was married to her mom for a while, mm -hmm. and we just had this, like, bitter conflict afterwards. And uh, our child was kind of just stuck in the middle, you know. So when I say, girl, you got the best of me, that's what I'm talking about, you know. I say, two's up to the days of old because they ain't ever coming back. You were the one that walked away, so why are you so mad? Why won't you let me be, Emily? You know? mm -hmm. And I try, try to let you go, but, girl, you got the best of me, you know. Mm -hmm. So we'll always have a relationship because of our daughter. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah. Why can't we think of... We're dumb. <laughs> okay? We're limited in our resources and our abilities, and we just need to accept it and how move do, on. How do you... Okay, which leads me to my next question. How do you teach yourself to be a better songwriter? What do you do to expand your songwriting? You know, there's, there's formula to it, man. There's math to it. There's a formula, and I think that that... Really, it starts there. I mean, if you learn the structure of music, you can do almost anything. I mean, honestly, you know, like learning how to like put a verse and a chorus together or an intro or like, you know, putting in this like little eight bar lift section or right. like a bridge. Like those are the things. If you learn the scale, it's like drawing, right? When you see people draw, they, they sketch out a drawing. It's all shapes. It's like the, the structure of mm -hmm. the drawing first and they draw around the and ratios. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they all, it's all the lines that they draw around to make the picture what it is, you know? And same kind of concept with songwriting. If you understand the structure of music, you can do, write anything. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why Dustin from Star Set's yeah. good at it. Too. Oh, oh, now I get it, Aaron. Hang on, I'm gonna write a song. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> People, relax. What a complete waste. We are killing it online. Have you guys checked the comments? Of cyberspace. <laughs> Smoke that skin wagon says, you guys are killing it. The JJO Morning Show Podcast. We're internet sensations. Johnny and D. Nowhere but JJO. It's my favorite newscast ever. Maybe it's not a newscast. Maybe we're just playing. It's a newscast. Oh. It sucks. You have to punch dance for me. You got this, dude. Join so much, I want Kepo right now. You're good. You're done. Huge. Man, I'm winded. Don't flex. You're to blow that shirt right off. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get a workout today. Uh, we are here to talk about Guinness World Records. Mm. 
and how we have none. Worthless Guinness records. We're going to head out to Idaho. Utah. If you ever go out there, Twin Falls is beautiful, but a little weird. It's true. And Idaho man said it was a, quote, lesson in pain, breaking a Guinness World Record for longest duration balancing a guitar on his chin. Your mom broke a similar record, but it was with balls. I get it. It's a ball joke. It's awesome. We're gonna write, nuts. We're going to write a song to it right now. She was all... <laughs> balls. Thank you. David Rush, who has broken nearly 250 Guinness World Records. How many you broke over there, Dinger? You're trying too hard. Uh, no, and I proved my point because nobody else wants to break his own stupid records. That proves my point. It doesn't really, yes, it though. Does. Uh, he's doing it to promote STEM education, so it's kind of a good cause, you know what I'm saying? Uh, previously held the same record. He's re-breaking his own records. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. <laughs> Aim to recapture it by balancing for one hour, 12 minutes, 40 seconds. Mm. Rush said that he was dismayed to learn that the record had already been beaten with a time of one hour, 13 minutes, 25 seconds, making his whole attempt completely BS. But he managed to beat the newest record set by a Spanish man, Christian Roberto Lopez Rodriguez. He's got Guatemala nice natural heat. Why don't you put me in your show? You scared of my natural heat? Are you having a psychotic disorder over there? What are you, the birdcage, you asshole. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I freaking flipped out. Sorry. I hate you. We're not sorry. friends anymore. Sorry about that. Uh, one hour and 35 minutes, which means oh. Christian Roberto Lopez Rodriguez needs a hobby other than balancing a guitar on his chin, for Christ's sake. The serial record breaker, that's what they're calling this yeah. David Rush guy, yeah. said he ended the attempt because the pain was too great. I uh, smashed no syndrome. I took the guitar off my chin. He rested it at the feet of the Twin Falls, and he jumped in right after it. And that was the last we heard of David Rush. The thing I like to balance out is my face. Oh, like my nose. Like chop an inch You're off. You're so paranoid about your nose. I've seen clowns balance ladders before. And they start. So if you want to learn to balance someone, start with like a, uh, like a lawn chair. You're starting with a lawn chair? Yeah, the, the nylon lawn chair. Does anyone else think that's a bad place to and then, start? And then you move on. Well, no, you want something with girth, so you can you gotta you gotta learn to wiggle and balance and what? and stay. Show me a picture of your lawn chairs right now. Well, they're, they're aluminum, you dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're gonna start balancing. You should do like a bowling pin. And then you move to like a shovel or something. You don't start with a ladder. You're a terrible coach. You've got to start with hey, something smaller and that's more balanced than a lawn chair. You know what I have? What do you have? My integrity. No, you don't. <laughs> don't you lie to us. Look at these people. Hey, You're lying I, to them. I don't, I don't need attention. I have friends. Audrey's one of my best you friends. You don't need I don't, attention. I don't need a stupid record. I when have did Audrey. that start? I have the record of having the closest friend ever, Audrey. Yeah, beat that. I don't that. think Audrey signed up for that, beat dude. That Look, she's trying to run. <laughs> beat that, guitar guy. She ain't even. She's like... <laughs> I'm not here right now. Not here. If I close my eyes, they can't see me. We're going to work on Audrey balancing on my face later. Whoa. I think Mitch is going to have a word with you. Mitch is at Hooters. There's no radio there. He's bringing a wrench, and your head is going to be caved in. <laughs> Mitch had his chance, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Audrey, you're in. Honey, we're having company over for dinner. <laughs> well, I am anyways. Christy? 
He's you trying to balance other women on his face. <laughs> yeah. I want a record. Ooh, yeah, you're I'm on 50,000 watts, dude. You know what I want to balance? We already heard. I want <laughs> Audrey. I want to balance... <laughs> I want to balance 13 hours straight of drinking and then talking for four hours. That's the balance I'm looking for. You're killing it. <laughs> it's okay. Nailed it. Oh, thanks. It's okay. Uh, it's definitely like an 8 out of 10. Uh, 5 out of 10. But I'm in the home stretch. It's almost. Would not recommend, but I'm here. It's almost, it's almost over. It's the home stretch. I'm grinding right now. <laughs> I don't see you moving at all, dude. <laughs> well, not that kind of grind. We thought uploading to the cloud oh. was something completely different. The JJO Morning Show Podcast. Johnny and D, JJO. Don't get too close to Audrey. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Danger. Hello. Oh my God. Too soon? That's too soon. She's giving me the stink eye. You're never getting invited to Hooters again. Is that the stink eye or the love eye? I can't decide. A little blurry myself. It's a, ooh, don't hit me with that. Mitch, I love you wherever you are. I wouldn't steal your wife. I have one of my own. She's quite a keeper. Uh, she's gone now. <laughs> she's left with she's a beer. balancing lawn chairs out front. She got in a beer delivery truck and said, take me anywhere. I'm out of here. All right, we're at Delaney Lodge. It's time for more. Give it up for A-Ron Jones! All right, so I, I haven't done this song in a long time, so if I screw up, you're going to have to take over for me, okay? Because you, you, you know the song, all right? I'm, I'm going to, we're going to see how this goes. Hell away 
Dude, we peaked. I don't know. That record was okay. <laughs> oh my god. That record was average. I, uh, don't, I don't know. Do you remember <laughs> where you were when you heard the news about Chris Cornell? I was at home. I was I was I was in my apartment on Alki Beach, and I, I learned about it. I read about it at first, and but as soon as I read about it, the the uh, the radio station called me and uh, to ask about you know how I felt and how I was impacted by it. So I, I'll never forget that, I mean, especially in Seattle. You know, we were. That was a heavy, heavy day for us in Seattle, you know, and I'll never forget that day. Dumbing down your smartphone. One podcast at a time. Listen, rate, and subscribe to the JJO Morning Show Podcast. Get up with Johnny and D. JJO. All right, go nuts, dude. Aaron Jones. Yeah. JJO. <laughs> She'd be right back. 
before she walked away and cried. Is that cool? Can I play one more? Oh, Is that all right? Hell cool. Thank you all so much. I want to play one more for you. It's one of my favorite songs. I've been uh, playing this song forever, and it finally made a major record of mine, so I'm really happy for that. Uh, this song is called Take Your Time. I, I want to end it on this note uh, because, you know, we, uh, we live in strange times, you know, and, and we need some, uh, sometimes we need to take a moment just to enjoy each other's company. So this is what this song is about.
get things off your mind. But you know I'm patient, so please take your time. What the hell? Aaron Jones! Come on now! 
Jesus. A-Rod, how do you put your heart into that much at 8 o'clock in the morning? Meth. Meth? Again? Dude, thank you for that. That's unbelievable, man. That's cool. Thanks for the extra song. We appreciate it. I have a feeling everybody is going to go home and do a deep dive on Aaron Jones in the catalog. I'm going to go home. Dive on it. me. Dive yeah. on it, Audrey. Dive. You're damn right. Deep dive. I ain't going to breathe for a half an hour. Aaron, <laughs> uh, hey, thanks again, man. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so and, much. Uh, I've had so much fun with you, Cats. It's so good to see you and be right here for the, uh, the trip to the chip, as they say. Yeah. yeah. And thank you, WJJO, and all you cats for doing what you do, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Man, I, I don't get emotional connections at 8 o'clock in the morning. I think I had one. <laughs> That's cool, man. That is really cool. I don't know. I'm not going to try to describe it. It just feels good. The JJO Morning Show Podcast with Johnny and D. Listen, rate, subscribe. Catch a new show every Monday through Friday, 6 till 10 a.m. on 941 JJO or streaming anywhere in the JJO app. Johnny and D. Nowhere but JJO.